The Minnesota Wild showcase their depth once again with Matt Boldy and John Merrill out of the lineup. We look at how Tyson Jost has played himself into potentially a bigger role and what the lineup may look like when Boldy is ready to return. We also preview tonight's matchup against the Nashville Predators today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to today's episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen every day. And just as a reminder, Locked On Wild is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we discuss the depth for the Wild that has led to them being able to not miss a beat without Matt Boldy or John Merrill, and what the line combinations may look like when Boldy is ready to return. We also preview tonight's matchup against the Nashville Predators, who are scuffling coming into this game. My name is Seth Topal, captain of Locked on Wild, your veteran Minnesota sports content producer and host with well over a decade's worth of experience covering your favorite Minnesota sports teams through highs and lows and hoping, like the Kansas Jayhawks, that uh, one day one of our favorite pro teams will hoist a championship for us to all enjoy. Uh, thank you for tuning in to today's episode once again. And we, if we go back to the Pittsburgh Penguins game to finish off the homestand for the Wild, able to get it to overtime, ended up unfortunately losing in overtime to the Penguins. But there were some key injuries that happened in that game. Wild lost Matt Boldy early on. And so uh, ended up, you know, asking Kirill Kaprizov to do a little extra and uh, take some shifts with the uh, Fiala line. Also ended up losing John Merrill in that game. Now, Boldy traveled with the team to uh, hopefully play in tonight's matchup against the Predators. Now, I haven't seen anything confirmed as to if he's ready to do so. But uh, the hope, at least by him traveling, was that he would be available at some point during this road trip. Uh, as far as John Merrill goes, his injury, of course, is more long-term, did not even travel with the team. And so, uh, at least on one front, we will continue to see Alex Goligoski um, occupy that spot on defense, probably playing more of a third-line role with the top four pretty solidified. And... This, you know, is is a once again a tip of the cap to Bill Guerin for what he has put together. And um you look back to that stretch that the Wild had where they were two and eight over a ten game span, had uh, a couple of players out of the lineup and uh didn't really have anybody that they could uh rely on to step in and fill vacancies in the lineup. Now you look at what happens with Matt Boldy's injury. The Wild have taken Tyson Jost, elevated him to that uh, Fiala line, and have plugged Nick Bugstad in as the uh, center of the fourth line. And both lines 
have uh, really not missed a beat. Now, obviously, when Matt Boldy is ready to come back, you want him to uh, to be able to slide into the lineup. But this does bring up kind of an interesting byproduct of uh, of the Tyson Jost acquisition. And one of the big question marks, I think, that uh, the Wild wanted to see uh, answered at some point during this year. And so Jost, with a couple of game, uh, a couple of games on the line with Kevin Fiala and Freddie Goudreau, has looked good. He has, he has played wing in those opportunities, uh, which I think is interesting that Freddie Goudreau continues to uh, to center that line. Um, but he he has looked good. He's looked like a guy who could potentially fill a uh, a spot a little higher up the uh, higher up the food chain for this Minnesota Wild team, depending on opportunities available uh, past this season. Now, when Matt Boldy is ready to return, so the I think the biggest thing with this is that the Wild having Tyson Jost be able to slide up and uh, plug that spot, I think gives them the luxury to make sure that Boldy is fully ready to go. Because you look at the playoff race right now, and uh, the Wild currently, with St. Louis's win over Arizona last night, uh, the Wild are currently three points ahead of St. Louis with a game in hand. They are nine points ahead of Nashville heading into tonight's game with uh, an even number of games played there. They're 10 points ahead of the Dallas Stars and are even in games played with uh, 68. So barring some sort of monumental collapse, uh, it's pretty evident, it seems pretty evident at least, that the Wild will finish in the top three in the Central Division. And so what I, I, I was trying to kind of figure out what the magic number potentially would be for the Wild to clinch a playoff spot, but uh, that, that requires a level of math that um, is, is a little out of my depth. But nonetheless, there's going to come a time in which the Wild will be in the playoff picture before the regular season is done. And so do they take some opportunities to potentially rest players who are playing a uh, large majority of this season a little banged up? Uh, that being Marcus Felino for one. Do they take an opportunity to give those guys a couple of games to just heal up and uh, get themselves fully ready. I know Jacob Middleton, over the last couple of games, just the uh, level of shot blocking he's been doing, he's a little banged up as well. So do the Wild take an opportunity to try to rest some guys up so that they are as close to fully healthy as they can, or you keep pushing and pushing to try to secure yourself that uh, first-round home ice advantage against a team like St. Louis, depending on uh, how the rest of the standings play out. Uh, I think with Matt Boldy and not necessarily knowing the extent of his injury, I think if the Wilds have to, 
I think they would be fine with keeping him out of the lineup until he's fully ready to come back because of how Jost has played on that line and because of the fact that Nick Bugstad has stepped in and uh, has centered that fourth line, and they really haven't missed a beat either. So while it would be nice to see Boldy come back and, uh, and slot right in to his uh, normal spot on the Fiala line, I think the Wild are going to make sure that he's fully healthy before they do so. But when the time is right, when Boldy's ready, he is going to go back to that um, that second line spot opposite of Kevin Fiala. And uh, I think the, the Wild will just send Tyson Jost back down with the knowledge that if they do suffer a top six injury that um, that Jost could slide in to one of those spots theoretically and that the uh, the offense would, would be okay. Now, Jost is no Matt Zuccarello or, God forbid, Kevin Fiala if either of those guys were to get injured here down the stretch. But at least he has some intrigue to his game that he could fill a spot for a stretch and uh, the, the team would be fine in those situations. It's a far cry from what we saw earlier in the season, and uh, this is no knock on Nick Bugstad, but uh, this is a far cry from earlier in the season when Matt Zuccarello was hurt and the Wilds jumbled all of their line combinations. They put um, Marcus Foligno up with Ryan Hartman and Kirill Kaprizov. Marcus Foligno's not, you know, what you'd call a top-line offensive option. And uh, so we saw the team struggle at that point because, you know, they just were trying to, to move too many parts around. So the depth that they currently have has allowed the Wild to sustain through these injuries uh, and to be able to allow the offense to look pretty similar to where it's at when it's at its peak because you're only replacing you're only replacing one of those pieces as opposed to replacing one piece moving this guy here moving a bunch of players around so depth key and uh, that is a huge reason not only that but uh, also the performance of uh, the secret identity line not a secret anymore um, the grief line, of course, a huge reason as to why uh, this team is rolling once again. Um, and so we'll uh, we'll continue to look at uh, some of the depth pieces that have allowed this wild team to just continue to cruise. I have a stat as well that uh, is going to blow your mind about the grief line and just how good they have been, which is why we'll circle back to the idea of resting players once the playoffs get a little closer to try to get everybody healthy for uh, hopefully a lengthy playoff run. All that and more as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wilds after this. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. And now that the NCAA tournament has crowned its champion, you can find out on all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship, and whether Tiger Woods will play or not, plus odds, 
podcasts, and reviews for all of the different leagues going on currently. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. You can find it all at Bet Online, where the game starts. Today's episode of the Locked on Wild podcast is supported in part by Jake Danielson with First Class Mortgage. First Class Mortgage is your friendly local mortgage company in Maple Grove, Minnesota. If you're looking to purchase a new home, a cabin, or investment property in Minnesota, Wisconsin, South Dakota, or Florida, give Jake a call today. And if you're a new homeowner, now is still a great time for a quick refinance review to see what options are available to help tap into your equity and fund those home improvement projects, consolidate debts, or put cash into your hands. First Class Mortgage is a locally local family-owned lender, and the best part about it is that Jake does the shopping for you to find competitive rates and programs for all of your home financing needs. With over 700 five-star reviews, Jake at First Class Mortgage will be sure to deliver first-class experience and service for any of your home purchase or refinance needs. Plus, Jake is a born and raised Minnesotan and sports fan as well who would be honored to be your mortgage guy too. Contact Jake for a no-cost, no-obligation mortgage review at 763-416-6789 or you can email jake at firstclasscorp.com. Again, 763-416-6789. Plus, mention the Locked on Wild podcast to receive a credit towards a free appraisal. Again, call 763-416-6789. Go wild. Some restrictions do apply. First Class Mortgage is NMLS number 322842, and Jake's NMLS is 202-5218. This is not an agreement to lock into an interest rate under Minnesota law. First Class Mortgage is an equal housing lender. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, and once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen every day. Once your first listen of the day is done, make sure you head over to the Lockdown NHL podcast for recaps of all of your favorite NHL teams with game recaps from your favorite Lockdown NHL insiders. The Lockdown NHL podcast is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. So continuing to look at this idea of depth and whether or not it allows the Wild to rest some of their key pieces leading up to the playoff push, a stat shared by Nick Terhar on Twitter. This is according to Sarah McClellan of the Star Tribune. The Minnesota Wild are 25-7-4. 25, 7, and 4 when the grief line has played this season. That is a points percentage of seven, uh, 75%, 750 points percentage. The Colorado Avalanche, by comparison, have a points percentage of 754 on the season. So. As we saw against the Washington Capitals, and as we've seen for pretty much the entire season, the grief line is the line that makes this team hum and zip right along. 
So if the Wild are going to make a deep playoff run, they're going to need to have all three components of that line functioning at full capacity. If you've watched Marcus Foligno over the last several games, there have been points where it looks as though he is favoring something. And so that leads me to the question that I threw out in the first segment here today. Do the Wilds elect, after uh, a particular portion of this schedule, do they elect to rest some players to try to get everybody healthy um, for the playoffs? Once this uh, stretch is done, um, this daunting road trip that the Wild are currently on, and are 2-0 on so far, uh, you look at the schedule here the rest of the uh, month of April, and the Wild will, uh, after the St. Louis game on Friday, they play the LA Kings at home on Sunday, then they play Edmonton Tuesday, Dallas Thursday, then at St. Louis on Saturday, April 16th, home for the second night of a back-to-back against the San Jose Sharks, then this is the stretch I'm kind of referencing. You finish the season on April 19th at Montreal, Thursday the 21st, home against Vancouver, Friday the 22nd, home against Seattle, then at Nashville on the 24th, then home against Arizona on the 26th, home against Calgary on the 28th, and home against the Colorado Avalanche on April 29th. Let's take a look at some of those games in which the Wild should be able to win, even with particular players out of the lineup. Um, You could, I think, beat Montreal fairly easily on the 19th. Seattle on the 22nd is not good either. Arizona on the 26th, not good either. And so the San Jose Sharks as well, they've lost a a bunch of games in a row um, on the 17th. So... If you are going to take some opportunities to give guys a little breather, those opportunities do exist. And it'd be interesting to me, I think, to just see to what extent Tyson Jost um, is movable throughout the lineup. Now, your odds of winning are going to be less with the grief line not fully intact. But what does Tyson Jost look like on that grief line? And uh, what does he look like maybe if you would decide to um, throw him between Kirill Kaprizov and uh, Matt Zuccarello and put Ryan Hartman on the grief line for a night? It's, it's worth, because of how Jost has played, over these, uh, these last couple of games up on the Fiala line. It's worth exploring to see just what extent Jost is serviceable on other lines. Now, on the grief line, he'd be a wing once again because you're not going to supplant Jewel Erickson Eck. But because of how he has played with uh, Delorier and Brandon Duhame on the fourth line, leads me to believe that he might be able to, in a pinch, um, fill in on that uh, third line with Nick Bukestad again centering the fourth line. It's worth a shot 
with obviously when you get to the playoffs, your line combos are going to be Jost on the fourth line as the center, uh, Matt Boldy with Kevin Fiala on that line, Grief line intact, Kaprizov line intact, and you're going to roll with that. But in the event that somebody gets banged up and has to miss a game between now and the regular season ending, you might as well give it a shot. Just see what options exist in a pinch because maybe it happens in a playoff game where somebody gets hurt and has to uh, has to leave the game and uh, isn't able to return. We saw that happen in the final game of the uh, series against the Golden Knights where Jonas Brodeen exited the game. And that was the critical turning point of, uh, of that game that uh, if the Wild wouldn't have been able to hang on, they, uh, they continue to advance in the playoffs now. Would have been a tall task in round two, but um, the Wild, it seemed like, had things in control until Jonas Brodeen was knocked out of that game. And uh, it's just, it, it's, it goes back to this whole idea of depth once again. And um, it's, it's intriguing just to see what extent those uh, players are able to fill in. Because um, we, we've tried Nick Bugstad in a couple of different spots, albeit that was earlier in the season. And maybe Tyson Jost is a super utility guy that can fill in in different spots if the need arises. So just just something for Bill Guerin and uh, Dean Evison to think about as we navigate through the rest of the regular season into the uh, the postseason. Speaking of the postseason, the Wild will square off tonight against a team that they could potentially see, depending on how things play out here, the rest of the way. And uh, the Wild hoping to break through against the Nashville Predators for the first time this season. We'll take a look at tonight's matchup against Nashville when we finish today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And why wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? RockAuto.com is a family business serving do it yourselfers for over 20 years. And RockAuto.com's prices are always reliably low for every customer. So head to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. All at RockAuto.com. Final segment of today's episode of Locked On Wild. Again, thank you 
for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Lockdown Wild, once again, free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. The Nashville Predators on the docket for the Wild here this evening. The first opportunity to see Nashville on the road. It uh, has not been a particularly pleasant experience for the Wild uh, taking on the Predators as they've been outscored 11-4 to so far this season. But you look at both of those games, and both of them occurred pre-trade deadline. So we can look at the first part of the season before the deadline and the post-deadline uh, for the Minnesota Wild because um, this, I think, is... It's obviously as deep of a team as the uh, the Wild have had. And uh, now we're starting to see them be able to fully showcase that uh, against some uh, extremely difficult opponents. Now, looking at uh, the matchups against the Predators, in both cases, the Wilds were able to contend early on. They were able to hang with the Predators. Now, the first matchup of the year, Wild fell behind early 3-0. And uh, it was the Roman Yossi and Ryan Johansson show. Uh, Penalty kill, yikes. Three goals in the first period. And uh, the Wild tried to mount the comeback, but just just was not the uh, Wild's night. Um, against Nashville in that first matchup. Um, In the second matchup, it was uh, much more even. This was 2-2 midway through the second period, but then after that, it was all Predators. And so we see see this theme, and this is, I think, why the Minnesota Wild made the moves that they did at the deadline. The Wild were able to hang with the Predators – but then the Predators' physicality and uh, just kind of their, their size, their strength led to them being able to outlast and eventually beat the, uh, the Wild in both cases. So the Wild adding the physicality of Jacob Middleton, Nick Delorier, and uh, we've seen what this team has been able to do to opponents um, since the trade deadline. They have been able to play that physical style of hockey and have been able to grind their opponents to uh, a pulp and uh, have been able to play a style that is much more similar to you know, playoff hockey. And even in the only game that the Wild have lost since the trade deadline. um, Very physical game against the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are one of the best road teams in the NHL. So the Wilds have played a much more grinded-out style hockey, which you're going to need in order to come away with some big playoff wins. And they've been able to handle the... Carolina Hurricanes for one, Washington for another, Colorado, Vegas, Vancouver. 
So they've been winning against some playoff teams here uh, since the deadline. Now, if you look at what Nashville has done since the trade deadline, they've had uh, they've had some rough goes. They've had some very close calls against questionable teams. They started the post trade deadline with a win against the Anaheim Ducks, six to three. They then lost the next night to the LA Kings, six to one. Followed that up with a loss to Vegas, six to one. Held on for dear life to beat Philadelphia, five to four, a game in which they trailed four nothing, and then uh, rallied back to win. They beat Ottawa four to one. They lost to the Buffalo Sabers, four to three. So the Predators are not playing their best hockey here recently, but they certainly have some dangerous players on the roster, including Mr. Roman Yossi, who has 81 points right now, on pace for 98 as a defenseman. And he has certainly had a couple of really nice nights against the Minnesota Wild, had two goals in the second game against the Wild this season, and also had two assists, so a nice four-point night there. First game against the uh, the Wild, he had four points again. So eight points against the Wild in the two games that, uh, that they've played. You also have the likes of uh, Philip Forsberg, who has scored three times against the Wild in the two games that these teams have played. Oh, and uh, Ryan Johansson has two goals himself uh, against the Wild in those two games. So I, I expect this third matchup against the Predators to be much different than uh, the first two because the thing that led to Nashville being able to really turn the tide was being physical and just kind of wearing things down against the Wild until they broke late in both games. I don't expect that to happen this time. So this is a very good opportunity for the Wild. These next two games are absolutely critical for them. Now, it's not like a win or you don't make the playoffs type situation, but let's say they win tonight. You then go up. 11 points on Nashville with 13 games to play. So basically, you have essentially assured yourself or have come close to assuring yourself of finishing above the Predators in the uh, in the standings. Now, if you beat St. Louis, that's, uh, that's going to help as well. So... If the Wild can handle business in these next two games, now that they have uh, been, the roster has been cultivated to be able to handle that type of play. If you handle business in these two games, I think you have really done yourself a uh, a solid in solidifying that two spot in the Central Division. But should be a good one against the uh, the Predators tonight. I anticipate it will be a relatively low-scoring game. I'm going to say 3-2, to two, Wild get the win. And uh, so we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But 
all in all, the reason that the Wild have gotten to this spot and are rolling once again, depth once again on display, and uh, that has given the Wild some options to plug holes while uh, key players are uh, returning from injury, and uh, that, uh, that should be on full display once again against the Predators here tonight. That is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Wild. So now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure you head over to the Locked on NHL podcast to get the lowdown on all of your favorite NHL teams from all of your favorite Locked on NHL insiders. Locked on NHL is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. Just like Locked on Wild, we're available wherever you listen to podcasts, anytime you want to listen as well. Make sure to search for Locked on Wild and follow us wherever you listen, as well as on social media as well. We are keeping you up to date on all things Minnesota Wild so that if a puck drops or news breaks or Nick DeLaurier gets in another fight, Locked on Wild has you covered with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Podcast Network.